I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome, welcome back to the Trampoline Hall podcast. Uh, we were away for a couple of months, but now we are back uh, in your podcasting machine. We are going to be uh, producing a new episode, I think, every month. Uh, going forward from here, so you won't have to wait as long as you did uh, from the last one. We are back, back, back. I'm your host, Misha Gloverman, back with the Trampling Hall Lectures. Uh, once again, uh, Trampling Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar. People give lectures on subjects of all kinds, with the one restriction being that they cannot lecture on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience, and it is a podcast every month. We are back. Um, now let's get on to today's lecture. It may contain mature language. Frankly, I don't remember, but it may. The topic of the lecture is the worst record in outer space, and the lecturer is Sasha Chapin. Hi, guys. Um, so before I begin my lecture in earnest, if I had to ask you a question just so I know who I'm talking to. Um, how many of you have done online dating of any form? Show of hands. Show of hands. Okay, great. So like a lot of you, so you know what I'm talking about when I say that setting up a profile for yourself is really challenging, right? Like it's difficult to isolate the salient parts of your personality and advertise them to people you've never met. And um, it's difficult to help people through the process of discovering you for the first time because you've never done that. Um, yourself. There's a really complicated information um, problem at the, at the heart of this. Um, and humanity faced this problem in a special way uh, in 1977. Um, but, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, instead of online dating, this was in outer space. Um, we, and by we I mean NASA, the American Space Program, put, uh, um, yeah, you know, us. Um, <laughs> We put a golden record, uh, like a gold-plated copper record, like a vinyl record, but heavier, on uh, the Voyager probe, a probe we sent to explore uh, distant nebulae. And um, it was sort of intended as an advertisement for human beings um, were aliens to come across this probe. Um, and it was designed by Carl Sagan, famous scientist, with um, a team of presumably smart people. And uh, they did a terrible job. Um, <laughs> so really... It's really stupid what they did. Um, I'm not saying that I, I could have done a better job than Carl Sagan, but I probably could have, and I, uh, I would, would have. Um, so, so, so the job they had, the job they had was to sort of like isolate what's, what's special about human beings 
and um, advertise uh, those elements of our, of our personality. And if you think about it, there are a lot of things that are sort of different about human beings. I mean, there's like opposable thumbs are nice, and there's our, our complicated fashions, our cute little outfits. Um, and then there's language. Language comes to mind because uh, so much of our business on Earth is, is linguistic, and the infinite combinatorial properties of our language, they're, they're really impressive. Um, and so, as you might expect, one of the portions on the disc is a language portion. Um, it's, it's awful. Um, it's comprised of 55 little greetings, 55 little blurbs along the lines of like, hello, we're from Earth, we're nice, hang out with us, be our friends, um, and each one is in a different language. Um, a couple are actually in ancient languages. There's one in Sumerian and one in ancient Greek. And this is like a really strange choice because it's weird to start a conversation with somebody, especially somebody really important, by saying, hello, I'm a nice person, 55 times. Um, and I, I appreciate the spirit of inclusion here. Like, they wanted to um, let aliens know what different people sounded like. But that's also really confusing if you think about it, because lots of languages share phonemes, similar language sounds. Like, the Portuguese word for possible, possível, is not so different from the English word weevil for... Uh, weevil and uh, <laughs> they're loan words too like languages borrow from each other a lot think about samurai or schadenfreude or alter ego right so um, this part of the disc is just an abject failure like aliens listening to this um, if they manage to understand it um, which they might not um, would just come away with zero content about like who we are um, so the next portion of the disc is the music portion. And uh, this is good. We like music. Music is good. Uh, and uh, it's a little better, this portion. Um, they actually put together kind of a solid playlist. There's some cool international uh, stuff, like there's pygmy initiation songs, and there's Bulgarian uh, choral music. Um, there are American classics, like Blind Willie Johnson, Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground. Great, great stuff. Um, but um, there's a problem, which is that they're there was no contemporary music included on the disc, um, no stuff from 1977. Um, the newest thing they put on there was um, Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry, so that's 58, right? That's like 20 years old at the time of the disc's uh, release. And um, Carl Sagan, to his credit, actually tried to remedy this. He wanted to put the Beatles on there. He wanted to put uh, Here Comes the Sun on there, but he couldn't. And uh, he couldn't because this is true. Uh, the record label said no. Um, <laughs> They didn't, they didn't want to violate copyright restrictions. <laughs> they were uncomfortable with the idea of aliens hearing the Beatles for free. Um, <laughs> they wanted the aliens to come here and pay for it, like, <laughs> like the rest of us. Um, so yeah, so the disc like skews really heavily towards like classical music, um, which isn't such a big problem um, if you think about the fact that aliens might receive the disc a thousand years from now, we'll all be dead, music will be something entirely different. Um, but there was some great music in 1977, there was like Hall and Oates, there was like Ethiopian jazz, like all across the world, cool stuff was happening. And, uh, and to the extent that like music embodies the values of its time, we really missed an opportunity to broadcast those values. Um, so that, that kind of sucks. And uh, fortunately, the third part of the disc is um, even worse than the first two parts. So I have more to complain about. Um, the third portion is a sound effects portion. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It's just like half an hour of random sounds, like pots clanking together and waves lapping on a shore and the sound of a dog barking. And um, this, again, is a bizarre choice because aliens obviously haven't had the sensual correlates of those sounds, right? They haven't had the attendant experiences. They have no associations with those sounds. Um, let's assume that they've had access to liquid. When they hear waves lapping on a shore, they'll think of their own thing, not like Venice Beach or the Ganges River or any of the water that we so enjoy in our lives. Um, the sound of a dog barking, like, we like that sound because we like dogs, not because, like, free of associations, it's our favorite sound. Um, and I think here there's been a really basic um, communication breakdown, which is really common. Um, it's really a global thing that happens all the time, um, which is a failure to consider um, how the information you're broadcasting will come across to someone who hasn't uh, had any of your experiences. Um, I ran into this a couple of weeks ago on uh, Facebook. You know on Facebook how like ending a conversation is kind of, kind of weird because you say goodbye, but you're not going anywhere. Like the <laughs> phone is still in your pocket. You're in the same place. Um, unless you really urgently need to do something, you don't have a good excuse. So you know when a conversation is kind of dwindling, um, when the interchange is becoming less frequent. I do this thing uh, where I send people a little animation of a cat on a bicycle. Um, just because I think it's a neutral display of sort of pleasantry. Like it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't represent anything. It's just sort of like, it's like a fortune cookie. Like it's a nice thing that comes at the end, right? And um, however, this usually works really well, but this one time, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to somebody I didn't really know, and she had contacted me because she liked a piece of writing I did about some mental health stuff I've been through. She related to it, and she was telling me about her own experience, but she had basically told me the, the, the set of anecdotes she was interested in sharing, I thought, and the conversation was slowing down appropriately. And then so I sent her the picture of the cat on the bicycle, <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, I, I see you want to run away from the conversation. And... Um, I was mortified, but like she was right. Like I had never considered um, any any real detailed semantic information um, about the image of a cat on the bicycle, but I had sent her a picture of a creature running away, um, <laughs> like a real instance of like flight <laughs> in a literal sense. Um, and so yeah, this is a problem we run into all the time. It's really hard to cross these lacunae of, of, of information. Um, but that was Facebook, um, and the Voyager Golden Record was outer space. You know, and I'm one person, and that was like 20 people at NASA. So you, you would think they would have considered that basic problem more closely. Um, <laughs> which brings me to my last, last complaint, which is that, so let's step back for a moment and review what we what we have here, what we're dealing with. We put a golden record into space. Um, it was expensive, it's a weird project, it's pretty cool, and as you can uh, tell, I think the outcomes are pretty flawed, but like, I'd rather have a gold record in space that sucks than no golden record. Golden records are pretty cool. Um, but, but what we didn't include with the record was a record player. 
we just didn't put one up there. We included a stylus and a cartridge and really complicated instructions about how to use them, but no player. Um, and this is like lunacy, right? Like, it's weird that we didn't consider that maybe aliens are like us, like they have stuff to do and they want intuitive communications, they want things to be easy, they want to hit a button and have their desires uh, met. Um, like we essentially handed them a light bulb and asked them to invent their own socket, um, which is pretty dumb. So, so this is really bleak because it was a project with such potential and it was executed so poorly. It just seems like such a parade of um, oversight and um, um, a lack of empathy. Um, however, there is, there is one thing about the project that gives me some hope, which is if you think about relationships as a whole, as a concept, um, relationships tend to get good and messy and interesting um, after the introduction, right? After the profile, after the sales pitch, at the moment when the expectations that you've created for another person and they've created for you um, break down when they're violated, when they're exceeded, when they turn out to be um, entirely irrelevant. And um, if aliens uh, listened to this um, terrible piece of work and um, decided to come here for whatever reason, because there are very sophisticated directions um, to Earth on the disk based on um, its, uh, our centrality relative to a couple of local pulsars, um, the aliens would find out things about us that we hadn't bothered to tell them, like weird stuff, stuff that we're not necessarily proud of, like Big Macs and hairy moles and all sorts of strange things, little quirks and idiosyncrasies, and they might come to love us or appreciate us in ways that we never could have imagined. Thank you. Sasha Chapin, ladies and gentlemen. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Are there any questions? Yes, yes, ma'am. Over there, yeah. Hi. Hey. What would you put on the record? What would you put on the record, like, smart guy? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say smart guy, but you know. Yeah, that's the implication. Yeah, yeah. Who do I think I am? Um, you mean like the whole thing? Yeah. Like maybe the music section. Just yeah. for the music section. I mean, I'm, I'm dating you, so I feel like you know, you know the answer to this question. <laughs> you just wanted me to tell these people about what I listen to. Um, well, I think um, 
in terms of modern pop music, I think I would include Gangnam Style. Um, so really, because it swept the world, you know, clearly it's like universally affecting and yeah. it says something about all of us. Um, and uh, probably also um, the first track off to Pimp a Butterfly, um, what, Wesley's Theory, you guys know that track? Kendrick yeah. This guy does, it's all that matters. Yeah, really good track. Um, it's really like dramatic and it really encompasses like, you know, the tragedy of our desire for attainment and their multiple narrative perspectives. It's just wonderful. Um, that's two, that's, that's already a lot of talking. Do you want me to talk about this more? No, that's good? Yeah. Kendrick Lamar, Gangnam Style. And is this, uh, when you were saying earlier about like, oh, like we sort of, as we get to know each other better, we reveal more about each other than we intend. Do you guys feel like this sort of characterizes your relationship pretty well? Like this conversation, would this be like a... Sure, yeah. She, she, uh, she recently found out about my um, buried passion for heavy metal. I never like listened to heavy metal around right. her um, because I thought she wouldn't like it. And then I listened to heavy metal around her and she didn't like it, so. <laughs> she's not, she's like, yes, that's true. That is something I dislike about, about you. Okay, yeah. all right, good. But we're learning a little bit about you guys. Great. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Over here. Yeah. Uh, the film Arrival. <laughs> did you see it? Did you see the film Arrival? I sure did. Did it affect the way you feel about the topic in general? Like, yeah. Did the film Arrival affect how you feel about in general about space discs? No spoilers. No, no spoilers. <laughs> now the guy knows that Arrival has something to do with space. He's like, damn it. <laughs> and there's and also there's a record in it. <laughs> um. Well, I mean. A little bit, like it made me think about the, the difficulties. Um, it's based around some cool like nerdy linguistic stuff that I studied a long, long time ago. The Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, the idea that the language we speak shapes our thoughts, which turns out to be like 2% true. Um, but it's fun, yeah. It's, a good, it's not related to what I said, but Arrival is a fun movie. Yeah, okay, no, so I mean, I, I like that movie too. I'm glad we both do. Okay. So. <laughs> So there we go. So even though, so you sent out your space disc, and then what you guys learned was that you guys both like Arrival and linguistics. So there you go. Uh, yes, uh, yes, over there. Um, did anybody that worked on the original record have anything to say about it? Did anyone who worked on the original record have anything to say about it afterward, like since? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've all said really nice stuff about how they're super proud of it. And they really? Like it was a tremendous contribution to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried to get in touch with any of them to set them straight? Surprisingly, no. <laughs> I really should. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe now, maybe now that there's a there's a lecture and like a formal forum about it, right. it might give your complaints some yeah. authority. You're not just well, some crank. You know, if, You're if, some guy who's spoken about it publicly. If my judgment after this Q and A is that there's like a critical mass of opinion that needs to be represented, <laughs> is that what you I'll, need? You need I'll, to feel like you're like the, the like, like the forefront of like a movement about this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. I, yeah. sa I sent something brewing. Yes, back there. Yes, you do. Is the Available for ordinary earthbound. Right, could we buy the record? Could we buy the record ourselves? That's an excellent question for ordinary Well, it's really expensive because they have to bring it back from space. Um, uh, yeah, you can, I know what you're saying. You can listen to it on SoundCloud, uh, I think. Yeah, NASA put it online. Does that satisfy you, SoundCloud? You can get it on SoundCloud? Okay, yes. Uh, yes, yes, over there, yeah. What was the reason for choosing a record? Why a record as the medium as opposed to, as opposed to like a movie or something? It's not just like a written or a written do a book. Yeah. Um, did they only send a record? Was there? Did they not send like a map or a book or anything? No, or I like mean the record had some stuff, some crazy stuff printed on it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like the directions and an image of uh, two naked humans and um, 
just some really basic pictorial stuff, but um, no, they no. Send, they didn't um, think to send a book? No, no movies. They didn't send, that's like a, like a book of pictures? They were like, nah, Yeah. no way aliens could decode that. No, yeah, I, right. I, I, I wasn't lying. It was a terribly executed I'm, project. I'm, I'm starting to side with your movement. Okay, yes, uh, yes, over there, yes, yes. Do you know why it was gold? Why was it gold? Because um, it's not nice, <laughs> shiny. I assume it's some sort of durability thing. Like, actually, this is why. I just figured it out. Um, <laughs> just while you were watching him. Yeah, I mean, like, gold is gold is really like a really sensitive metal. Like, you can engrave it in a really detailed way. But in in uh, the problem is when gold is warm, it can like warp, like rings on your fingers. But it, so cold in outer space, that wouldn't matter. So it's a great um, compromise between like we can carve it when it's warm, and then it'll be durable when it's cold. That's my what I think. That's right. There you go. Easy. All right. Yes. 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 You, ma'am. Um, I seem to remember reading that Carl Sagan actually like fell in love with one of the people he was choosing and things on. The yeah. yeah. Carl Sagan. He, was, he fell in love. They had a love affair over this choosing of the things on the record. Yeah. Do you know if that's true? And if so, what does that mean? And also, is there any mechanism for us to know if aliens found Seems like you want me That's to do like another election. So the first question is, there is a couple of questions in there. One of them is just, tell us more about this story that Carl Sagan fell in love with one of his co-workers on the record. Do you know if that's right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and Droyan, they had um, an interesting little love affair. And uh, actually... Um, uh, he like died shortly afterwards. It was a whole thing, and um, they br briefly recorded her. They briefly recorded her brainwaves on the disc. Like you can't tell that that's what it is, but there's a brief recording of her her brainwaves as she was thinking of him, which sounds nice, but like brainwaves, right? Like what are the chances that's going to amount to anything? It seems like a nice, just a nice podcast detail. Right, so it's nice for Carl Sagan and, and, his, and his, his friend. Not so nice for aliens. But for the aliens, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. And then you also want to know, then you, you just, I mean, I'm going to go along with this because you were the first lecturer, so you can do whatever you want. But did, do you also want to know if there was evidence that aliens had found the disc? Was that your question? Oh, is there a way for us to know if aliens do find the disc? Is there a way for us to know? Yeah. Um, it's my impression that signals are still coming from the Voyager probe um, and that we know like where it should be. Um, and so if it's been intercepted, um, it's been like fiddled with Stuxnet style, so we don't know what's going on. Um, so maybe, <laughs> probably not. Probably no aliens yet. All Sorry. right. So, so yeah. So our guess so far is that we have re we don't have reason strong reason to suspect that a lot of aliens have listened to it. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it sort of sounds like. Uh, we made this record for ourselves, so they made it for other people. Do you know anything about other scientists or NASA or whatever that have, have done a new effort to actually contact him? Has anyone, so, so assuming that, the, that we really just made this for ourselves and it was nonsense, which as, as your premise, you're like, has anyone actually even tried to do the actual thing of, of making a record for aliens? Yeah. Not a record, but sure, they're like all over the world. They're um, SETI projects, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Um, there are all sorts of very sophisticated receivers sending out all those different stuff. Um, generally, uh, music, um, not that I know of. I think we gave up after that. We were like, that, 
that was a that was an awful experience. It is a crazy idea when you think about like the actual SETI stuff, like the idea that like so many things, like the idea that like oh, what you're gonna do is make one copy of this yeah. record and just send it out, yeah, and like be like oh, that's like we could do radio broadcast. No, yeah. no, no, no. What we need is one record in yeah. the entire vastness of space. We need one object that's this big. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's true. The space is it's big. Space. <laughs> Was, that's pretty. If telling us that is in fact the thing that Carl Sagan is most famous for. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that he told us. So he should know. He should have known that space was big. Oh right, like billions and billions. And that was yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, was his, that was his catchphrase. Um, uh, do and wait, wait. Did you also say that they sent? There was a. They had a stylus and a cartridge. A stylus and a cartridge. That's so weird. But no player. They were None. like, that's what they're gonna need. Yeah. They are picturing like these space aliens who had a record player, yeah. but we're like, you know, we, we've been building these things for thousands of years, yeah. but the no music comes out and we don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Well, here, I, I think, I thought about this a lot, and I think the rationale was that, like, a complicated piece of machinery isn't as durable as just a record, but right. it seems insane to me because, like, even if that's true, like, it's easier to fix a broken radio than invent a radio. Right, like, <laughs> right, 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 right. They right. probably we send them a turntable, yeah. and like something goes wrong. Yeah. Just let them build the whole thing. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Like, like if they found the probe and they'd taken it apart, like they would have seen examples of circuitry. So yeah. you, you see a record player, and it's like it's not a complicated machine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's a very. At first, I was like, oh, he's just he's just you know whatever. He just hates Carl Sagan for some reason. But I'm like, no, no. It really it's true. It's a very it's a ter very terrible idea. Yes, you man. <laughs> How much did this whole project cost the taxpayer? She didn't actually mention the taxpayer, but I'm going to throw, yeah. throw that in there to give it an extra twist of anger. How much did it cost the part taxpayer? Of the, part of the financial calamity that we now know about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. reason, the whole yeah. reason that Katie's lecture happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that, um, unfortunately. I mean, like, rough math, like, what does it cost to press a record? Like, some thousands of dollars, gold is expensive, let's say 20 grand salary for like 10 people for a year to do that. It's about like a million dollars. So, and then like all the research. I'm gonna say like 1.5 million dollars. All right, does that seem, does that seem like, you're like nodding, you're like, yeah, that seems about worth it. Okay, all right, good, yes. Anything else, yes, yes, over there, yes. Uh, there are some theories about, like in thinking about whether we should try to communicate with aliens, there's big fears about like, what if they're predatory? Yeah, yeah. Do you mm. have that fear that aliens would be predatory if we got in contact with them. Right, so do you think it might, so right, so one idea is like, oh, it's just stupid to send out messages to aliens saying, hey, here we are, we're over here, because mm -hmm. they'll come and destroy us, because they're space aliens. Yeah. Do you think they're, do you worry about that? I mean, not really, like, based on the, the record of um, terrible human things that we have, I think, um, like, powerful human organizations tend to be bellicose, but not actively malicious all the time. Like, they pursue their self-interest to the exclusion of other people's interests, but they don't just seek to undermine everyone indiscriminately, usually. And I mean, I think if aliens are like powerful enough to find this, interpret it, and you know, come and look for us, like probably they found Earth-like planets before, probably they have a lot of resources, and just like an Earth of resources probably isn't going to mean much to them, I think, you know? It's like, you know, it's like, like anthropologists finding a tiny island, like they would think we're like kind of cute and Stunted and, right. and nothing um, bad has ever happened to a tiny island when no, the West found it. It's always worked out okay yeah, for them. Totally. So this would be similarly fine. Yeah. 
crowd. Australia was great. Yeah. <laughs> Mauritius, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so there we go. So yeah. all right, so but but you're not worried, I guess, because you figure out they like they would have found us, or, or they're not going to care, or they're not going to. Yeah, I mean, I just think they'd be like orders of magnitude more advanced, you know, like colonialism. Like if they wanted like spices and like rubber and stuff, and like right. it seems like, like if it been from world to world and through space, like I can't really think. Like of what anything. would we have? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be weird if it actually was just spices and rubber. Like yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Holy shit! This planet just got this just covered in spice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like nutmeg is so amazing yeah. to them. Yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they're like, we have cinnamon, but yeah. no nutmeg. No nutmeg. <laughs> yeah, classic Starbucks issue. Yeah. So you just don't think you don't think that there's anything you would have that they would that they would want, like personally? Yeah. Like you don't think there's something that like the space aliens would be like, oh, that's cool. They have well, that. nothing they need to like take us from us by force. I would think. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Um, okay. What's weird? What do we have? Um, I don't know. Some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't know what they have. Like, we don't know what their planet is like. I guess yeah, it's hard to yeah, know yeah. what we they. Yeah, don't, we don't. We don't know how advanced our advancement is. Yeah. In different areas. Yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. All right. Well, this is. A, <laughs> I mean, we really worked that between you and me. Yeah. We really made some progress on that question. Oh yeah, back there. Yeah. Um, do you have any insight to like how they decided what sounds to include some brothers? Like, why not? Why? Do you have any insight to how they decided what sound effects to include? No. No insights whatsoever. Cool. Like it seems like the yeah I know good talk right. It seems um, it seems like the result of a completely arbitrary process to me. Um, if if you sense any logic behind it and you were hoping I'd agree with you, like what do you think? Well, what do you know? There's sound effects and the brainwave. There's a dog barking and the brainwaves of someone, a woman falling in love and waves lapping. That's what we know so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just like when I was asking the question, I was thinking like why would I certain animals over others. Right, which animals would you include? That, that would stress you out maybe? You'd be like, oh, I don't want to express favoritism. I don't want the cats to feel bad or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think actually um, that the impulse that should have gone into the music section uh, to sort of display a smattering of, of averages of human life actually went into the sound effects section. Like they wanted like water and dogs and their pots clanking together and like humans kissing so if you think about that it's like love and food and pets and like broad areas of interest the only problem is there's no way for the sounds alone to convey that um, so it's all a bit ridiculous but maybe that like um, just sort of boilerplate life sounds no particular um, domain of interest what made you think of this as like a thing to talk about what made this be why were you like why was this the disc like I was thinking about that when you were the beginning, like, oh, like we all have these ways that like, yeah. these, what are the initial things we do to make an impression on people? And one way, one context you gave for that is online dating. But in a way, like a trampoline hall lecture is that too. Yeah. You're like, it's like, like Carl's I'm like- dating everyone. Yeah, you're basically, <laughs> we are all dating Sasha now. Um, and it's going well. Um, uh, but like, yeah, what made, <laughs> what made this be? Oh, we think we're having a good time. <laughs> um, uh, 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 what made you think that this was like the, the disc you wanted to send out. Um, well, Sheila Hetty asked me to do a trampoline hall lecture five years ago. Right. I was going to do it on this topic, and then I um, I backed out. I was too afraid. Right. Um, so it just sort of. Um, but what five years ago? Sorry. Yeah. Well, like what five years ago? What? No, I know what five years ago. Yeah. I mean, 2017, 16, 15. Yeah. I mean, it's not those, those five years. There's no other five years it could be. Um, 
<laughs> but like, <laughs> but, but no, I guess, well, okay, now I got another thing I'm curious about. I mean, I'm, the obvious, well, okay. So one question is like, well, yeah, why was it a choice? The choice, well, I chose it now because it was my choice five years ago, just raises the question, well, why was it your choice five years ago? It doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, um, I know more about my fear five years ago yeah. than I do about my intellectual interest. Like, could have right. been just like Wikipedia that day. Like, right, right, sure. So, we can, so, th so then maybe that's maybe the question then is like, what was it? What, what made you, what makes you less afraid of it now than you were five years ago? Um, you know, growing older, um, knowing that this doesn't matter as much as I thought it mattered. Um, <laughs> No, no, it's fair, it's fair, you're right. Yeah, like, like I thought it was like impressing a room of like 40-ish people seemed like really like life and death. 40-ish? Um, 70? How many people are here? Like hundreds of Should people Should we here. count? No, <laughs> okay, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed life and death to like impress this group of, group of people. Yeah, yeah, and especially because like I'm a journalist and like I get nice emails and like threads full of people on the internet who hate me. It really like, it really mm -hmm. dulls the nerve endings in kind of a nice way. I see, so five years of journalism, you're like, oh, like now it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're, you're in a good way, yeah. like you're less, you're less yeah. sensitive. So at the time, the stakes felt a lot higher and now it feels like more kind of like. Uh, yeah, I mean, if these people all hated me, like, you know, they're joining hundreds of people and it's just like, all gonna average out and it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Whoa, so that's interesting. So specifically, it's, it's maturing in general, but specifically, it's actually the experience of journalism and putting yourself in the world and taking the, the kind of whatever, the negative, the, the negative yeah. uh, reactions that you get from journalism. Yeah. And also, I, was, um, I had a mediocre singer-songwriter career for a couple of years, and um, that'll really inure you to criticism and embarrassment. So getting up yeah. in front of you, would, get, would, you, would you perform live? Would you Performing get up in front of people live. and you would sing and it would like go so-so? Yeah. Okay, like so th there were like 12 people who liked my music a lot and like 100 people who thought it was okay and then the, the cold universe beyond. <laughs> Everyone else. All right, yeah. okay. So Into which few, was shot. Uh, so you've had a few experiences now where you're like, oh, this will be nothing. I could go up talking about the space record or whatever. Yeah, basically. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, yes, yes, you ma'am. This is a comment, so I apologize in advance. But I just mm -hmm. see a parallel between what you just said and your topics. So 12 <laughs> people who really liked your music and this record, 100 people who thought it was okay and everyone else. Maybe that's why you picked it up. Wait, so you think that you think the space record is like Sasha's music? In that Sasha, in that. Is that right? In that. Because there were, okay, so there were like 12 people who liked Sasha's music, and the people who liked the space record were like the scientists? And then, and then the, the record went into the universe and no one cared? Is that right? Is that the like. Is that the parallel? <laughs> I haven't heard your music, so I don't know, but I'm like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I want to say, like, how could you? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, that's a parallel that one could draw as, <laughs> as you have. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of it until now, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, over here, thank you. Back to the record, the, were there instructions as to how fast to move the needle? Were there instructions as to how fast to move the needle? Yeah, so I mentioned, I mean, I think I went overtime, so I didn't want to go in. Carl, did I go overtime? Yeah. Yeah, so I went overtime, <laughs> so. So I didn't, want to, um, I didn't want to explain it in too much detail. Um, but now that I've been invited to consume vast, vast amounts of time, um, uh, there was a, it was encoded in binary sequence based on the rate of disintegration of hydrogen atoms because they thought that would be a universal constant and no record player. <laughs> yeah. 
Does that answer? Does that answer your question? All right. Well, maybe we'll wrap up on that useful tidbit, ladies and gentlemen. Sasha Chapin, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. Uh, this episode's lecture was chosen by Carl Wilson. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can help us out by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. I am Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.